Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the epilogue for Dearest Ones. These are the letters that our hero, the Silver King, wrote to his family throughout the war. It's June of 1944, and the Silver King has just received orders to prepare for shipment to Shreveport, Louisiana, and the replacement depot at Barksdale Army Air Base. Stanley writes to his family six days after D-Day, when the Allies began their invasion of Normandy on the coast of France. It's Tuesday, June 12th, 1944, and the Silver King is writing his final letter from Columbia Army Air Base in South Carolina. Mother dearest, please forgive me for not writing. I'm ashamed of myself because I have a good excuse. For the past week, with no work, I've just been raising hell. I do hope you're all well and Richie has fully recovered from his operation. Thanks for sending the wire. Tonight I've been busy packing as tomorrow I hit the road again. Today I received orders to proceed immediately for Barksdale Field at Shreveport, Louisiana. It's what I've been hoping for, and now that it has come, I'm really happy. It means I will get a B-26 and go to the European Theater of Operations. Everything surely happens for the best. Of course, I haven't any idea as to how long I will be there because I know nothing about the training. It's now that I wish I had a car. I've got so much junk. I haven't room for all of it. It will cost me a fortune to ship it all by express. I haven't had time to check on the trains, but I imagine what it will be. I'll probably get there in about a week. I'll write as soon as I arrive. Tomorrow is your anniversary, and my heartiest congratulations are yours. I wish you many more, with each succeeding being happier. I only regret I can't be with you to celebrate. Next year, we'll have a real party. I don't know if Dad is there with you. In any event, give him the news of my transfer. Have lots of fun and keep well. My love to all. I love and miss you, Stan. Stanley has been in the Army Air Corps for 18 months. He's trained hard, been commissioned as a bombardier navigator, and is in advanced training. But during all that time, it's not been clear where he would fight. His questions were, would he go to Europe or to the Pacific? Now, as he relates, he's shipping to Louisiana to learn to ride in the B-26, the famed Martin Marauder. Stanley will meet a crew, learn to fly, and become a Marauder man. And as faithful followers of our hero, the Silver King, 
you know that Stanley went on to a decorated career as a B-26 bombardier. And his work began in the humid summer of 1944 in the northwest corner of Louisiana. Stanley's plane, the B-26, was designed and developed by a major North American manufacturer, a man named Glenel Martin. Martin's operation, which was an enormous production center just east of Baltimore, Maryland, in Middle River, was in competition with other aircraft manufacturers. And on March 11, 1939, the United States Army Air Corps issued what was called Circular Proposal 39-640 for a twin-engine bomber with tight specifications. The Air Corps was looking for a plane that would hold a five-man crew, could reach a maximum speed of 323 miles per hour, and had a range of 1,800 miles. Its empty weight was 19,250 pounds, and its gross weight would be 26,625 pounds. And its service ceiling was estimated to be over 26,000 feet. And it was to include armaments for four 30 caliber machine guns. The Air Corps accepted four bids from Martin, North American, Douglas, and Stearman. It selected the first three for design and production. Martin submitted Model 179. The Air Corps said that Martin's proposal was the best of all, and in fact, they ordered 201 planes and that award came on August 9th of 1939. It was the first aircraft that was ordered in an off-the-shelf format, meaning from the drawing board, without the usual requirement to build a prototype and proving itself through flight testing. And then the Air Corps issued an order for an additional 930 B-26s in September of 1940. That order came before the first aircraft had flown. The Air Corps was asking quite a bit of Martin Manufacturing because the usual development process for a new plane was probably three years. The first B-26 flight was on November 29th of 1940, and it had these specifications, a service ceiling of 25,000 feet with an absolute ceiling of 26,200 feet. It could cruise at 266 miles per hour at approximately 15,000 feet. It had a maximum speed of 315 miles per hour at 15,000 feet. It had a ferry range of 2,200 miles, and it consumed approximately 1,212 gallons of fuel. 
the range of a thousand miles with a three thousand pound bomb load that required nine hundred and sixty two gallons of fuel. The B twenty six was powered by two eighteen hundred and fifty horsepower Pratt and Whitney R twenty eight hundred dash five engines. The Army Air Corps accepted the B-26 on February 8, 1941. The 23-month sprint from the issuing of the circular for solicitation for the development of the plane and its acceptance by the Air Corps was remarkable. And, of course, that rush to design and production created problems. The first B-26s had a high accident rate, and a number of men were killed in crashes. This brought the plane under the scrutiny of the Senator Harry Truman Commission, and a special military board grounded the B-26 in April of 1941, just 60 days after it had been accepted by the Air Corps. These tense months of negotiations and the tragic loss of lives of airmen trying to fly and learn how to fly the B-26 brought into question whether or not the plane was worthy of service to the Air Corps. But Glenn Martin and his designers salvaged the B-26, made many modifications and design improvements, and designed and developed and then produced a successful series of iterations of a much improved B-26. And all of this was taking place in the years before our hero, the Silver King, even got on his train to Nashville from Birmingham in January of 1943. And as the Silver King prepares and packs for Shreveport and his months of learning to fly the B-26, we have reached the end of the Dearest Ones epilogue, part 17. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.